0: what's your favorite u.s city you would visit again and again
1: i haven't explored a ton of the u.s but i would have to say probably waikiki or new york city
0: tell us something you never leave home without
1: lately it's been an external battery charger because my phone runs on like eight percent a day so i always keep that in my bag
0: what's your top five travel essentials
1: Definitely my camera, jean shorts, headphones, a bikini, and either a flowy dress or skirt.
0: Do you have a favorite bag or suitcase?
1: I am loving my Away luggage. It's amazing, and the new one has like just some clips, so it makes it super easy instead of the zipper.
0: Do you roll or fold when packing?
1: Roll 100%. Hey,
0: Julie. Hey, Tedra. So today we're chatting with Lisa Holmesy. She's a Montreal-based worldwide travel blogger who we're big fans of. Yeah, so Lisa has a deep passion
2: and endless curiosity for travel and new cultures. She shares her lifelong travel goals of taking a minimum of four trips a year, broken down by family, significant other, and of course, a fun and fabulous girls' trip.
0: Mm, Gotta get that girls' trip in. It's so fun. Gotta do
2: it. Lisa is a firm believer in mapping out goals and credits her success to being
0: diligent about this. It totally makes sense when you put something out there, you work towards that goal. Yeah, so Lisa talks about her favorite places to travel, how she unwinds and practices self-love, and her incredible growth in just under two years. So we think you're really gonna like this episode. You're listening to We Get to Know podcast. And for years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring bloggers and social media influencers. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite influencers is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the show today.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: We're excited to have you. So
2: where are we talking to you today from? I'm in Montreal, Canada. Oh, nice. How's the weather there right now?
1: Right now, it's a little bit gray, but lately the weather has been beautiful, really warm.
2: Like how warm is really warm? Because we're in Texas, Austin, and it's
1: oh. been really,
2: really warm.
1: <laughs> like 27, 30 degrees. I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, though. Yeah, I think that's in the 90s, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. So are you from Montreal originally? Yeah, my whole family's here. And uh, this is my temporary home when I do come back from traveling.
2: Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's awesome. So do you have any siblings?
1: I do. I have a brother and a sister, both younger than me.
2: Okay. So I kind of want to start with like right out of the gate. I was reading on your Instagram, you had kind of your 2017 highlight reel which I love how you kind of condensed it into a format of you know month to month but starting in January 2017 you had 10,000 followers in October 2017 you had 100,000 followers you started your press trips on in April And so that was all basically a year to a year and a half ago. And now you've traveled basically all over the globe. (laughs) You have almost 300,000 followers. I mean, that's amazing growth in such a short time.
1: Yeah, it's been insane. So yeah, I hit 10K in January of last year, right before I was about to go to Bali, which is my month long escape from the snow. And then I when I was on a press trip in Belgium, I had just landed back home and I turned on my phone at the airport and I had hit 100K. Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah, it
1: was crazy. And then in Bali again this year in March, I hit 200K.
2: Bali's like your lucky spot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Bali is definitely great for content and it also has my heart. I would live there. And uh, yeah, and now we're about to, I'm about to hit 300K soon, so.
2: I hope you'll all be in Bali when you get that number.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will not be. I'll probably be here, but I have to figure out something special to do, I guess.
2: No kidding. How many times have you been to Bali?
1: This year was my fourth year.
2: Oh my gosh. Did you originally go for the first time on a press trip or was that just for fun?
1: No, I was actually backpacking Southeast Asia solo in 2014 so I left in November and it was supposed to be, I was supposed to be gone like six weeks cause I had to come back to work and I kept postponing, kept postponing. I just, there was so much to see and I was having this struggle I was talking with my parents and my mom was like, you know, when are you ever going to be in Asia again? You might not ever have this opportunity again, you know, don't come back. You know, if there's still, if there's still more to see just, and you have the means to do it, just do it. So I kept postponing and. Yeah. I wound up in Bali. That was towards the end of my trip. My best friend got fed up with me canceling all the time on my date to come home. So she was like, that's it. Where are you going to be next? (laughs) And she came to meet me in Bali. So we spent a week there and a week was definitely not enough time. So the year after we went for two weeks with Tracy, who you've also had on the podcast.
2: Oh, right. We love her from Pantia Dreams.
1: Exactly. So the three of us went for two weeks. And then that wasn't nearly enough. So then the year after, Mel and I went for a month to escape the winter, and I did the same again this year.
2: Oh my gosh, this sounds like so dreamy.
1: (laughs) I need to. I need to invest in property in Bali. No
2: kidding. I need need to make a sort of like travel rep for them, (laughs) surely. Okay. So did your backpacking in Asia, was that kind of the start of your, I mean, I know, I know you've always loved to travel, but was that kind of translating into a career at that point?
1: It wasn't. I was just traveling for me. I was working in the corporate world and fashion and my position had just been like, let go. So right after that, I just booked a one-way ticket to Bangkok and I was like, you know what, let's, let's go adventure. And I had a camera at the time I had a, like a smaller camera from what I have now. And I was mostly shooting on automatic because I didn't really know all of the functions of the camera, but I just, I just loved photography. So that's what I was doing. Mostly landscapes or the pictures were of the back of my head (laughs) because I was too shy to be in front of the camera.
2: Wow. Well, okay. So I love how you, I guess right around this time, it must've been when you made a goal. And I think that reading up up about you, I think you're so goal oriented. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe that is in large part due to your success. But I love that when you started this, you said you're going to make a priority to travel four times a year. And I think that I'm so connected to this statement because travel for a lot of people seems like you know a luxury in a lot of ways, unless it's your job, obviously, but to put this as like your top priority that you wanted to travel, it was important to you because I think oftentimes we tend to put, you know, things that are considered luxury on the back burner and life or minutia gets in the way. So kind of walk me through how you decided to do something as lofty as travel. And then that all of a sudden turned into this crazy, amazing success story.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So goal-oriented definitely stems from working at Lululemon. That company is just so goal-oriented. So that was my, my first look into goal setting and really like manifesting what you want. And I started working there when I was 18. Yeah. Great company.
2: That's so funny. You say that about Lulu. Cause every time I walk into the dressing room, they're you know, outside of the dressing room, like, so what are you doing for your workout these days? What are you doing? I'm like, no, they're asking I feel like so many I'm questions.
1: Totally a loser, if I haven't done anything, but I yeah, that's know that's so
2: true. That is that translates. Now I know where it's coming from.
1: Yeah, totally. So I always had these goals, and we were always, you know, like I was always dividing them into work, health, and personal goals. And for personal travel, always kept coming up for me. You know, my family traveled a lot. My grandfather traveled a lot for work. My dad's international basketball referee. So he traveled the world and I just had this travel bug in me. So I had always said, I want to travel four times a year. And I didn't think, I knew that that was a little bit more because most people just get two weeks off, but I knew I wanted to create a life where travel could be an important part of my life. So traveling four times a year, my idea behind that was that I would travel. Twice a year with me and my partner, my boyfriend or my husband, we would take a family trip twice a year, take a couple's trip once a year and take a girl's trip once a year. So those are my four trips where you get, you know, those family vacations. You also get that time to connect with your loved one. And then you get that girl time.
2: This is like so mapped out. I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is me at 18. Wow. Yeah. I was really trying to envision my life with travel being a huge part of it because, Although travel was a huge part of my family, we didn't take that many family trips around. And I find that traveling can be some of the best education you can get.
2: Oh, I totally agree.
1: So I really wanted to ingrain that in my family and our family values. So that was, uh, yeah, that was the goal behind it. And then Instagram just kind of was by accident.
2: I know. Well, I was going to say when you were 18 and making, mapping out your travels, where was Instagram at that point?
1: Not around. (laughs) I don't even know what year Instagram came out in. I don't
2: either. But I'm just curious if you kind of went with that. I'm going to do this with the hope of one day becoming this.
1: No. So that only started like two years ago, Instagram. So 2016, I went to Bali with my friend Mel and my friend Tracy And that was my first look into content creation with Tracy starting Pangea Dreams. And initially it was a company based on, I want to create content creation for brands. And so we traveled to Bali for two weeks with a ton of brands with us from bikinis to sunscreen to beach towels, hats, you name it. And we were shooting full campaigns for them. Now this is three girls that were all self-taught photographers and didn't really know their way that well around a camera at the time. Oh
2: my gosh.
1: Yeah, but we made it work. We I think in two weeks, we took about 50,000 pictures. No, yeah, I, think,
2: I think y'all all made it work for
1: sure. <laughs> yeah, we made it work, but we took way too many, way more photos than we actually needed. But that was just a lot of it was a learning process. We were staying in hotels, which Tracy had organized. And I had said to Mel or Mel had said to, to myself, like, let's try this for two weeks. Let's post photos of ourselves. Let's try and like do this Instagram thing you know like we'll create really intentional captions and we'll pick one the app visco we'll pick one filter so that all of our photos are consistent the entire trip so we made this pact and we did and you can still see i haven't archived any of those cuz i one of my favorite things to do when i first start following someone is scroll back to the bottom yes, to see I where they started
2: yes i totally do that
1: <laughs> so you can totally see where i started you'll see that the edit is very cool tones and moody and like very different, but because of the consistency and Bali being so supportive, we were getting reposted all the time on these big Bali accounts. Wow. And all of our friends back home are looking at our feeds like, what are you doing? Like, what are all these hashtags? <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to my friend in Bali? <laughs> yeah, just, just go with it. Just let us do our thing for two weeks. Yeah. And so that really started taking off. And when we got home, We just had so much extra content because we were taking way too many photos. So I probably posted Bali for another two or three months after that trip. No one knew where I was. I was like, I'm in my bed. I'm at home, but looks like I'm in Bali. And uh, once that started running out and the account kept growing, I realized how much of a creative outlet this was for me. And it really encompassed my love for travel and my love for photography So I just kept at it. We started creating content at home. And then I was working in retail at the time. On my time off, I would go travel wherever I could and take photos there. And I'm very fortunate that my best friend is also in this industry with me. So it's nice to have a partner in crime.
2: Was she one of the ones that went to Bali with you? Yeah. Okay. So
1: it's nice to have that partner with you to help. You always have someone to shoot when, you know, The boyfriend doesn't want to. (laughs)
2: So Tracy, did you meet her on one of her trips or did you know her before?
1: I knew Tracy before because my best friend and her are actually cousins. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I met Tracy a while back, like even before my backpacking trip, we always gelled really well together because we always had this huge travel bug and we're always talking about our next destinations we vibed really well. And now I've been able to go on and host two of her retreats with her. Oh,
2: that's amazing. In what locations? I did Tulum, Mexico, and I did Bali. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Bali. Okay. Can't wait to talk to you more. Maybe I'll about Bali because I'm thinking about going there next summer for an extended period of time and I've never been. So. Oh, yeah you sound like the Bali travel agency.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Come to me with any questions. I will set you up with a full itinerary.
2: (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, real quick. I want to go back. You said your dad was an international basketball referee.
1: Yeah. So my parents are both phys ed teachers, but also on the side, my dad's biggest passion and love was for the game of basketball. And he got to a point when he was playing that he realized he wouldn't be able to go any further. Like he wouldn't obviously make it in the NBA or or whatever. And so he took to refereeing and his passion for the sport has now let him travel all over the world to doing international, you know, world championships. And he did, he ref the Olympics in Greece and <gasps> Oh yeah. my gosh, how amazing. So cool seeing your dad on TV. <laughs> no
2: kidding. Oh my gosh. And one of the hardest jobs too, I would think.
1: Yeah. And so now he, once you hit the age of 50, Oh, sorry dad, giving away your age. <laughs> <laughs> but once you've hit that age, you're not no longer allowed to referee internationally anymore anymore because Why? They, I don't know. They want to make room for the younger guys to come up, but also I guess fifty Age-wise, health, like, although my dad is probably more fit than some of the 30-year-olds out there. 50 is like the new 40. That's so crazy. Yeah. So they're not allowed to referee international anymore. So now he's become commissioner. So he oversees all the referees. So he's been traveling a ton with that, too. He was just in Belarus, and he's going to Vegas in two weeks. And Oh, what a cool job. Yeah, Prague. He's been all over. Wow,
2: that's amazing. Okay. So it sounds like you're super busy and I love what your travel all the time, but I did start reading on your Instagram. I think it was around August 8th, maybe where you were, I love it actually, because this is how I often am. Literally. You said my mind is like an internet browser. 19 tabs (laughs) open, three are frozen. I have no idea where the music is coming from. That just happened to me this morning. I'm like, where is that music coming from? What tab is open? How do you decompress? How, like given all of your travel and obviously your blog and you have big goals that you want to achieve in the next couple of months and into the new year, how do you take that time for self-love and self-care? What does this look like for you?
1: Uh, well, self-care has really been something I've been working on. I know I was talking about it on stories a couple of weeks ago because I was really struggling with my health. So cooking has definitely, is definitely a decompressant for me. I love cooking. And so that's really something where I can put my phone down and just kind of like check out of social and just focus on, you know, combining flavors and just like cooking a really healthy meal. So decompressing would definitely be like cooking dinner, movie date, hot yoga, hanging out. You know, my boyfriend and I are often very much apart. (laughs) So hanging out together is, you know, just social aside and just doing, I don't know, even if it's just laying on the couch.
2: Do you feel like you have to make kind of a conscious effort to do your self care or self love? Because I know when you work for yourself, it just gets overwhelming with your time management.
1: Definitely. For me, I know that what what I was talking about a couple weeks ago on stories was the fact that I was feeling really low energy, really like tired. I had no motivation. And I think it all came down to cooking. So when I get home from a trip, I'm so backlogged in my emails and everything else that I kind of lock myself in my room and I'm on my computer all day long. And so it was coming to a point where, you know, I would eat breakfast maybe at like noon or one because I wasn't super hungry. And then it would come time and it'd be like eight thirty and I was like, oh maybe I should have dinner. And I was just so on my computer all day and I didn't want to take time like thirty minutes to cook. So I was putting in like whatever like vegan meal that I had in the, the fridge, like just like kind of microwaving it quick and going back upstairs and eating while I worked and it really not taking any time to disconnect. And so that I found was really, really toxic. So I really focused like this morning. He were like, wow, you're productive this morning. <laughs> I, I did a workout this morning because I knew that I was jumping on this call. I just wanted to kick off the day with a little bit more energy. So I just did a quick 20 minute workout.
2: I just feel like we have to be so really self-aware of what our intentions are and make it happen. Otherwise, like you said, you'll get back from a trip, you're backlogged, you, you know, are tired, you're answering emails. None of that self-care would come in unless you're deliberate about choosing to spend your time wisely on yourself, even if it's
1: just 20 minutes. The thing about social media as a business is that it's very easy to never disconnect. So It's all on your phone. So on the weekend, I have my phone, you know, I go to bed and I have my phone. I wake up, I have my phone. So like I can be reachable at every moment, of like any time. So that's sometimes very hard. So I've been trying to make an effort to not look at my phone early in the morning or right before bed. Although, if I can't sleep, my favorite thing to do is scroll Instagram or (laughs) Pinterest. (laughs) But yeah, it can be really, really toxic because there's never any disconnect. Like, you know, there's no nine to five, there's no weekends free. But I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't change my job for the world.
2: I know. Well, I was just going to say your job obviously on the outside looking in looks amazingly glamorous. And just hearing you talk about your repeated trips to Bali and all the other places that, and I want to get kind of a rundown list in a minute, but what would you say is the hardest part other than the decompressing or, you know, obviously always being on with it, being on your phone all the time. What would you say is kind of the hardest thing in your blogging travel space?
1: A hardest thing I think is just like, well, for me, like time management So, you know, between writing a blog post, working on a YouTube video, formulating your captions for Instagram, editing photos for clients, like it's just like my, my to-do list is never ending. And so I've been really focusing on just, you know, picking maybe five or six things out of the to-do list and making sure those get done a day. And if I can do those five things, then I know that I've had at least a productive day, but I can at least do five things off that list.
2: Right. One thing that we've talked about on our podcast, which I've just started implementing, which I think is so helpful when you have, you know, say five, 10 things on your to-do list and you set a timer for how long you plan to spend on each one. Yes. And when that timer goes off, then you move on to the next. Have you ever done that?
1: I haven't, but I really need to do that because I want to, I can be on my emails all day long. Oh yeah. Looking at my inbox right now, it's so bad.
2: It's a black hole.
1: (laughs) I have 1500 emails and I (laughs) And I know that they're probably not all, like some of them are probably spam, but I just haven't had time to go through them all. And so I could spend forever. So what I want to start doing is, you know, maybe midday, you know, once I let some of the emails come through and, and say, okay, you have, you know, an hour for emails. And then that's like your hour a day, or maybe like, you know, an hour and then maybe 15 or 20 minutes, like a little bit later in the day but really focusing on doing other things. YouTube videos has been the bane of my existence. I've been working on some because it's just so much to do. So I just finished a YouTube video from Costa Rica, which was back in January or December. I can't remember. (laughs) I was like, okay, you need to start doing these. Like I actually have a real passion and I love doing video but it is just time consuming to kind of put it all together but
2: right well especially when you're learning too are you teaching yourself
1: yeah all self taught like all youtube and but i do love the idea of a video memory cuz i find you can you can't capture that moment in a photo, you know, right. like you can, and I
0: feel
2: like it's more intimate. I mean, you really get to know. I think, as far as feed or stories, like I'm so much more into stories because I hear their voice and see how they look, and it's, you know, a alive. Like I feel like our participant rather than just kind of a voyeur, which
1: exactly, is
2: strange in a weird way.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just trying to figure out like what to share, where, like, you know, you don't want the, everything to be overlapping. So, what do you share on stories versus what do you keep for? you know, a video or so. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm working on that. I'm working on a little bit more of a seamless process.
2: All right. Well, we're excited to see. (laughs) Okay. So tell us, what do you like to cook?
1: I like to cook anything. I'm pescatarian. Like when I'm home, I'm let's say 90% vegan. And then I incorporate fish and eggs mainly when I travel, just because not everyone understands, you know, how to properly eat vegan or whatnot. And so, I'll still eat fish and eggs like time to time. But my favorite thing to cook is Thai food. (laughs) (laughs) Anything for Thai, Indian. I think Thai food is probably my favorite food on earth. Oh, I agree. Thai green curry.
2: Oh, it's also good.
1: Yeah, I I like to get creative. So the other night, James and I made a cauliflower crusted pizza and he wanted meat lovers. So we just did like a vegan meat lover's cauliflower pizza with some you know I'm dairy intolerant so we got vegan cheese and everything and it was actually pretty good crust didn't turn out like crust but (laughs) (laughs) it was more like a scramble but it was good
2: I know. I've actually, I've tried that once and I could not get into it. But I think if you buy like the pre-made, the consistency is much better. But to try to do that from scratch is a little, it did not look or taste like pizza.
1: No, I <laughs> know. Oh, I was like, so is it good? He's like, it's good, but it's not pizza. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the flavors are there. I'm not sure what I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, tell us some of your favorite places you've been. I know Bali in the last year or so. What are some of the places that have kind of surprised you and how you felt when you got there?
1: So I really love Costa Rica. After Bali, I had also, I had gone to Costa Rica for my birthday, again, solo. And I just fell in love with the town there that I was in, uh, Santa Teresa, which is just on the peninsula. So it's a little beach town. Everyone walks barefoot and that's where I learned to surf. So going back there with the tourism board this year was a lot of fun. We did. Three different parts of the country. So we got to see the volcanic side and then we went to the city and then we went to the beach, which was really nice. Well, I just got back from Bermuda and I was actually very surprised with Bermuda. Actually, it was so clean. There was no poverty, which, or at least none that you saw. The water was just so beautiful.
2: Yeah. Your pictures looked so amazing.
1: I was really surprised and yeah, really, really liked it. And it's so close for us. You know, so often I'm traveling these far destinations and I don't know why I can't just, you know, if I'm home for a couple of weeks, just pop over and a couple hours here. Uh, I think it's three, three and a half hours from Toronto. Oh my gosh.
2: That could be like an easy weekend trip.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's what we were saying. That we just found out like how close Turks and Caicos is. Also, it's also a three hour flight. And we were like, why are we not going here? No
2: kidding. Oh, that's one of my favorite places. It's yeah. So, pretty. so where are you traveling next?
1: There are a few things on the itinerary, but the only one that has been locked in so far is Tahiti at the beginning of October. Or sorry, at the end of October. And then I'm planning a trip to the Maldives in the end of November.
2: Nice. My husband and I went to the Maldives years ago. And at the time I did not realize how far it was. I mean, I guess I could have pulled out a map, (laughs) (laughs) but we were on the plane and I just thought, where are we going after (laughs) hours? Could it be worth it? I mean, I'm sure, you know, the water, for instance, Turks and Caicos is just as beautiful, but no, not until we got there did I think, okay, this is so worth it to travel for two days.
1: Yeah. My best friend and my Brother are now dating, so it'll be the four of us going. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it'll be fun. So we're we're trying to plan that, and hopefully I can tack on maybe with another girlfriend of mine, maybe meet her in India, just because you're so close to India or to Sri Lanka or something. So that would be fun to tack on.
2: Before I hand it over to Tedra, I'm curious when you travel to all these like super exotic places, Morocco you know, Bali. what do you like? What are your kind of your favorite things to buy when you're traveling to bring home? I know this might be a tough one.
1: (laughs) No, it's not hard at all. I love bringing home stuff for the home. So it's funny because I don't even have an apartment. Like I live with my parents when I'm home because I'm home so little. I have brought home the most elaborate things like I have in my room. I'm looking around right now. I have a rug from, I brought home two rugs from Morocco. I brought home a rug from Peru. I brought home pillow shams from Bali and this whole big wall macrame that comes on like a wood stick oh, from Bali. Nice. So I've traveled home with like some crazy stuff, but yeah, it's always home deck home furnishing stuff is my favorite thing to bring home. I just want my, my future home. I want it to be. Reflective. A reflection yeah. of all of my travels around the world and just be, you know, so Boho and cultured, and I don't know, makes me happy. I love it.
2: Okay, well, I'm going to end with you with I love this, what you said, and I just think it's awesome. And It kind of sums up your whole personality. I think on your feed, you said, Don't do anything half assed, use, use your whole ass. And <laughs> <laughs> I love when it. When did like, I say that? I don't know, but I read it and I just saw it like, Okay, that's like motivate, <laughs> <motivated>. that's <laughs> like Great. You know, whatever you decide to do, do it with your whole ass. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Tedra, do you have any questions for Lisa?
0: I do. I have a couple. I was curious. So you mentioned you worked for Lululemon when you were 18. So early on, what were your dreams like finishing high school or like maybe even thinking about going to college before you got sidetracked? What were you thinking you wanted to do as a career?
1: So I had always wanted to go into fashion design. Ever since I was a little kid, I was always like in my sketchbook, sketching these big gowns. And so I always wanted to go into design. And when I was signing up for the fashion program here in Montreal, my mom convinced me like last minute to go into fashion marketing instead of design, just because She was like, marketing will open up more doors for you than design's a lot harder. So I'm super thankful. At the time I was like, oh, mom. But I'm was i super thankful that I did marketing because that is stuff that I apply every day now.
0: That's true. Came in handy because you never knew what your career was going to end up being like. Exactly,
1: yeah.
0: So then also I'm curious, let's just fast forward like 10 years and let's say you're married and maybe have a kid or two. Like, how do you see your life playing out? Like, how would you like this to, look in 10 years. I mean, do you think you'll travel with a family? Do you think you'll put down some roots? Like what do you envision for yourself?
1: Definitely setting down some roots, but also having the opportunity to travel that four times a year, like I did mention, maybe a little bit more than that. Definitely having a home. I mean, especially when the kids get into school and stuff. The biggest struggle for me is where do I want to set up the home? Because Uh, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So my boyfriend's very much rooted here in Montreal. His business is here. So that means I would have to I would have to get on board with living in Montreal, which is something that I've never necessarily seen for myself as a permanent thing, just because I'm such a baby when it comes to the snow.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, you have pretty cold winters there. But, you know, everyone always yeah. says, like, I mean, at least here in the States, like I've heard a couple times mentioned, like, if you can't, if you don't have the time to make it all the way to Europe, like just go up to Montreal. It's like a little... Europe up there. Like it's, I mean, it's kind of a cool place to live if you, you know, like as far as like if you think you have to, like, well, I never really envisioned it. It's kind of a cool place to live though.
1: Yeah, it's definitely beautiful. There are parts in the old port that resemble Paris. So just all of the cobblestone roads and the just the really cool architecture that's there. It's probably my favorite part of the city.
0: Okay. So then also I was going to mention, um, you talked about Tigering Hurry. That is my absolute favorite addiction. When you said that, I was like, yes. (laughs) Because I I actually just last week, I was like, I'm going to set out to make myself the best green curry. So I mean, I have, of course, it's like 20 ingredients all over my counter last week, but I made a pretty good batch. And I was pretty proud of it.
1: Oh my God, we need to go for dinner. I I know.
0: What's one or two good tips that you could give for the listeners?
1: So one of the questions that I get asked all the time is what camera and what lens do you use? Even this morning, I was answering some DMs about it. And I like to tell people that it's less about the camera and the, you know, like how expensive your camera is and how expensive your lens is. If you don't know how to use it properly, it's not gonna be valuable to you. So I watched a ton of YouTube videos when I first got my camera. And then just in playing around, you know, like having a friend that also wanted to learn about their camera like we would get together and we would trial and error shoot each other working with other photographers on all these trips i've come to learn so much so it's not always about the equipment that you have it's more about like how you know how to use it you know some people some of my favorite accounts are iphone only accounts and they just do such a great job that you would never be able to i'm like this is an iphone picture and they're like yeah oh my god he's blowing my mind
0: Okay, so if I call you at 9 a.m. on any given day, what are you most likely doing?
1: Well, this morning was a little bit different. So today I did a workout. It really depends how my body's feeling. Sometimes I'll be doing a workout, but most days at 9 a.m. I'll probably be reading emails and sipping on some green tea.
0: What is something people would be surprised to know about you?
1: I taught pole dancing for seven years, (laughs) and I actually competed in the Quebec and Canadian Championships.
0: Okay. Well I have written down, if you were not going to give this answer, I have written down like whole dancing. I have to know a little bit more about this. Yeah. Cause I was like, if you don't scroll deep enough in your Instagram, you'll never know. Yeah,
1: exactly. You really got to scroll back. But same thing. I left those up there just cause it's something that I was super passionate about and I loved so much. And it tells a story. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I mean, obviously it's a great physical, like fitness to be able to do that. So it's impressive.
1: Yeah. It really developed. I first took a course I did one class and after that I was hooked and I told the instructor like, okay, when can I start teaching? And I started off with like a seven week course. And then from that, I was just like, okay, give me classes. Like, let me support you in classes. What can I do? And she had just gotten pregnant at the time. So it was perfect timing where I started to teach. And in seven weeks, it just, it develops so much of your core and your upper body. And it really becomes a full body workout because you're gripping with your legs and everything and, You know, since traveling more and more now, I actually haven't gone back to pole in almost a year, but um, it's definitely something that I miss. I used to have a pole in my house.
0: So when you unplug, how do you like to decompress?
1: I think I answered this before, but cooking and a movie date, definitely cuddling on the couch.
0: Who are three people you love to follow on Instagram?
1: So for style and travel, I love haute couture. And then for comedy, Sarah Highland, who's the the oldest daughter on Modern Family. She's so funny.
0: Excluding social media, what's your favorite app?
1: I don't know if Pinterest is considered social. I guess it can be considered social, but if I'm using it for non-social reasons, Pinterest, because I just love my, I think my home furnishings board is the biggest board I have because I just love looking at stuff or Netflix.
0: What's a book you currently cannot put down?
1: Dot com secrets. It is such a good book for anyone who is starting a business or launching a website or wants to know about email funnels. And I don't know, it was just super insightful. I really, really liked it.
0: Describe your perfect day.
1: Perfect day would probably be in the tropics. Probably Bali. (laughs) Starting off with really yummy breakfast, cute cafe, and then ending spending the day at the beach.
0: What's your beverage of choice in the morning and also at night?
1: Green tea in the morning and peppermint tea in the evening.
0: What city has you shedding a tear when you have to leave?
1: So definitely, well, Bali is not a city, but the entire island, definitely. If not city-wise, I would probably say Santa Teresa in Costa Rica. That place was just so beautiful.
0: Do you have a Netflix addiction?
1: Well, I just finished watching Suits. I'm to season eight, which is currently on TV. So I know I was late in the game to Suits, but I just binge watched the entire thing and it was so good. Oh, it's on my list. Is it worth it? It was so good. My parents were watching it for a while. And so I would pop in every so often and see like a couple episodes. And I was like, okay, you know what? I need to watch the entire thing. And it was really good.
0: What's your favorite beauty product you have in your bag at all times?
1: Someone sent me this eyebrow pencil And it's a girl from Manitoba who's in Canada, in Winnipeg. It's called Brows by G. And it is the best eyebrow pencil I've ever used. And I just bought a moisturizer in Bermuda, which has been really nice on my skin.
0: Who would you love to have a cup of coffee with?
1: I would probably say Oprah or Taylor Swift.
0: (laughs) Do you live by a motto?
1: Yes. If happiness is the goal and it should be, then adventure should be a priority. And it's this quote by Richard Branson, which is also on my website. And I don't know. I just, I just love it.
0: Who's your celebrity crush?
1: Mm, My fellow Canadian, Ryan Gosling, which is actually funny because James, my boyfriend gets very often that he looks like him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes, perfectly planned.
0: What song do you currently have on repeat?
1: It's called always by the hymn, always funny, but it has been stuck in my head for weeks. What meal would you choose as your last meal? Okay. So I play this game every time I meet someone. It's so much, I find just so, and so much fun to get to know someone. I always ask them what their last meal would be. And mine changes depending on my mood. So right now I would probably say my nonna's red lasagna with a side of apple crumble for dessert. Who's your girl crush? So Shay Mitchell from Pretty Little Liars. I started following her on Instagram and she's so funny. And I also love P.M. Muhlenbeck.
0: What's the best gift you've ever received?
1: Uh, when my mom took me on a trip to Paris for my 18th birthday. And it was my first time in Europe. So it was me and my best friend. It was celebrating both of our 18th birthdays with both of our moms.
0: What's the best gift you've ever given?
1: Two years ago, when my boyfriend and I first started dating, I was going away to Bali for a month and it was the first time we were going to be away for so long. And he wasn't really comfortable with the way I travel so much. So I made him an advent calendar for the 30 days that I was gone. So every day he got a little gift. That's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. So it could have been like, I had baked, you know, a batch of cookies and like put them in his freezer or you know, he got, he works with, with his hands. He's a, he owns a landscaping business. So his hands are super dry. So I got him like a working man's hand lotion or a pair of boxers. And I was where I had the same boxers. So we were like matching, I don't know, a couple of letters. Yeah.
0: What's the last thing you Googled?
1: I was working on a YouTube video yesterday and I was Googling how to format your final cut pro videos for Insta stories.
0: And one last question. What's the greatest life advice you've ever received?
1: I don't know. I got this book once from a teacher called Who Moved My Cheese? And I'm actually looking at it right now because it still sits on my desk like 10 years later. And it was all about adapting. Basically how you're going to adapt with different situations because things are always changing. So there's this quote that I really like called, Be stubborn about your goals, but flexible about your methods. Okay.
0: Well, I love that. Okay. So Lisa, tell us where do we find you online and your social media and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Lisa Holmesy. If you want to read the blog, it's Lisa And you know, there's Pinterest, there's Facebook groups, there's different ways of getting in touch with me, but you can use anyone you like and I will try my best to respond. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, it's been great having you on and so good getting to know you. I guess we just want
1: to say thank you for your time and for coming on. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thank you, Lisa. First time doing a podcast. Yay. Oh, (laughs) yeah.
0: Okay. Well, hopefully we'll talk again someday.
1: Yes. I'm dying to come to Texas. So if I come, we're going to go for some green curry.
0: That's (laughs) right. (laughs) Green curry and margaritas.
1: Yes. Oh, what a combo.
0: All right. Okay, well, take care.
1: All right, you too.
2: Bye. 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 All right, Tedra, I love chatting with Lisa. I thought she was so great and I love her very goal-oriented way of living. And hopefully get some good Bali tips from her since I know Uh, how to go. Totally, I know. She's going to be one person I definitely keep in contact with. Okay, so I want to talk to you. I found this amazing new beauty product that I wanted to share with you and our listeners. I was at Nordstrom the other day and they have a new Charlotte Tillsbury counter which they just opened a few weeks ago and I've always heard about her but I've never purchased her products and so the girl and I actually had to scroll through my notes because I had written down a product that I read about in a magazine years ago and it's called Charlotte Tillsbury Magic Cream and basically she said the method behind her making it was like when she worked she's from London and she worked in the 80s with all these like really high models and they would go out all night and party and no sleep and then the next day, come up to work with their faces not looking the best. So she developed this cream called Magic Cream, and it apparently like changed everyone's life, is what this girl what? said.
0: What? Anyway, heard of this.
2: But anyway, I bought it, and like I wake up in the morning and I can still feel it on my face. It is amazing. Like I can't even tell you how my. This is felt. the
0: Magic Cream you're talking about.
2: Yes, it's kind of thick, but it just absorbs. It has hyaluronic acid, which is. Like one of the best things for hydrating your face, and it is truly like literally. I wake up in the morning and I can still feel it on my face.
0: Like it doesn't absorb, or it's just still on there. tetra I'm no scientist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the new product you bought at Nordstrom. You're saying this is the new product I bought.
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's really, really. I I love it. And because we're both using Retin A, which I hope you're you're using. Well, okay, that's
0: what I was gonna say. So you got me some Retin A from Mexico. <laughs> Hopefully it's legit. <laughs> Hopefully, I haven't started it. I'm so nervous. To well, use- just do you, maybe do like a spot
2: test on like your forehead. That's like the I think the least sensitive area of our faces. Just do like a little, and then try. The, I'll give you a little sample of this cream. I don't know. I think Can that you layer you that,
0: that on. You think over over the retin.
2: Yeah, I have been because the retin will dry you out, and so this I don't know. This stuff is just.
0: It I just seems it. like. If you put th- something right on top of the retina, then it sort of like does away with the benefits of the retina. doesn't it's it? It's like the question of, if I put SPF 15 and SPF 30, does that equal SPF 45? No. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. This has been fascinating. It's really funny. Okay. Post- all right. Chat.
2: <laughs> we want to thank you all for listening today. And if you like the show, we would love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. You can find us at WeGetToKnow.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and on social media at we get to know. Head over to Instagram. We would love to hear from you and get your opinions on guest and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Outwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite influencers and bloggers.